What you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. Welcome to Raw and Order NXT Review. Okay, I'll say it. This one probably was half a good show, half not a great show. Um, before I get started, though, I'm going to go ahead and say that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. All Go to tatnusco.com, find all the links to Tatnus Co. Network shows. Um... Whether it's Chicken Hen, um, and Chicken Hen and S and M, if it's Basement Bullshit, it's there's there are fantastic shows on there. Fantastic. Um, we talked with Tat- Tatness a little while back, two part series with him. Um, go listen. It's it's a great series. Um, it was a lot of fun being a part of that. If you're if you're part of the Ron Order um, group, it was a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, getting to NXT, um, yeah, this thing started out like sludge, man, <laughs> like, um, so I, I had to rewatch it and get some notes cause there were enough matches to really make this really good. The unfortunate part is the best parts were vignettes. Um, we started off with Austin Theory versus Tyler Breeze. Um, seemed like a training match a little bit. Uh, Austin Theory's uh, character development is really coming along very, very well. Tyler Breeze gets the win. Um, I hope they stick with Austin Theory being kind of the um, I'm going to mock your storyline or I'm going to mock what you do. Um, that's that's kind of a fun thing. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know. I, 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 I definitely am not going to convict this one of being awesome. I, I'm not going to acquit it of being a garb, uh, of, of being a garbage match because, um, I don't, I, I don't want to call it a, a garbage match. I, uh, it felt like a developmental territory. That's what it felt like. <laughs> And I hate saying that. Um, they've done a really good job with all of these first matches. They've done a really, really good job of putting character development up front. Um, but if you're going, if you're the only show that goes up against another show, I think you need to start stronger than these three. Um, I, maybe the third one, you know, um, the third one had a lot more promise to it. Um, I don't know. It, it, it was a, this was an okay match. Um, it would have been so back in the day, this would have been probably what I would have considered like a, a good Saturday morning match. Um, something to develop people, something to get some people on TV. This is, this is Marty Janetti versus Dwayne the clown. Like, um, good characters. Not a lot of, not a lot of great wrestling here. There was some good wrestling there. Um, it just wasn't fantastic. Tyler Breeze gets the win. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. 
<laughs> Killian Dane versus Tahuti Miles. Um, Tahuti Miles has a character that I, I feel has been duplicated over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and it's hard not to do that. It's hard not to be like, ah, I'm going to be my own version of the cocky, the rock swagger and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be over the top in, in a very generic, generic way. Um, my snap judgment on this, I don't like Killian Dane. I don't know what it is. I do not like the push he gets. This, uh, was for the most part a squash match. Um, and Tahuti Miles did not. I mean, it's a good second match. I, I think it, it suffers a little bit because of the first match. And again, nothing against Austin Theory and Tyler Breeze. I really just think that the third match probably should have been the first match. I think I probably would have had better feelings overall about NXT. My snap judgments as a whole would have been a better overall uh, setup. Um and I'll get to I'll get before I get into the the meat of the show, the good stuff of the show. Um, I'll get to to what I think could have helped that they could have done without just moving some of the matches around. But um, I'm over Killian Dane. I don't think that any of us really need Killian Dane. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of love for that. Uh, he was in the mid card battle for a while and felt very very developmental brand mid card um that's just how the dude feels um Tehuti miles did some some okay stuff uh killian dane looked like a monster a hairy monster uh, i will say if they're ever going to bring back the yeti um to cover up all that hair make him look like a mummy i still to this day do not know how the yeti can be a mummy um the dude looks like Giant Gonzalez, Giant Gonzalez's outfit, man. I mean, he's just a hairy beast that's gross, and the whole thing. I, I, I just, I'm not sold on Killian Dane. I think he's better as a support character and a really solid group. Um, and I think because, because their leader was taken away, um, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking Eric. I'm I'm talking their leader. Oh, um, Alexis' partner. It, it escapes me. Why does this escape me? Ni, uh, Nikki Nikki Cross, because their leader needed to be used in the women's division up top. Um, when they did call up the rest of that group, I think maybe he could have stayed as a support character. Um, he feels like. Eric Rowan, <laughs> he just there's just not much being given to us um, there, and and it's, it feels like a desperate attempt at a character. Um, there's just nothing. Uh, Killian Day needs to be repackaged, um, and it can be a dominant character. It just that's how I felt about it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would actually convict this of garbage. I would, uh, uh, this was just not a fun thing to watch. Um, and because it was the second match and the first match was, was average ish. Um, 
not, yeah, I'm not in love with the show as it comes. Um, now, I will say, I deeply miss Mauro Ranallo when there's no background noise. Um, this is not a dog on Mauro. This is actually a, a, a really, um, really important thing to, to remember. If, if Mauro's in quarantine, and I believe he is, um, if Mauro's in, in quarantine, um, and they're going to be pre-taping, they need to have Mauro record these. Um, they need to have Mauro do the commentary while they're pre-recorded, uh, because Mauro is a gift in terms of filling that dead air. The dude can talk and talk and talk like he's a podcaster, man. I mean, it is golden. He just keeps going, and he can fill in those gaps. Uh, he doesn't give us the crappy Byron Saxton stuff. He doesn't. Uh, Todd Phillips is, is a good. Todd Phillips is a good Michael Cole light. Um, and and I know that that's what they want Todd Phillips to be. So he's done well. Byron Saxton. Um, is the least colorful color commentator I think I've ever heard. Um, I, it's just these two don't do NXT well. Morrow needed to be there, and and if you could have had, if you could have Morrow and Nigel and Beth somehow over these recorded times to do this um, from a stu- in-home studio, I think that's I think that's your home run. Um. Third match was Cameron Grimes versus Tony Nese. This, I think, could have kicked this off. Um, it was a good match, very good match. Uh, Cameron Grimes, um, for me, is is uh, is a poor man's storm. Um, not Lance Storm. Um, anyway. I, I'm not going to go on to other shows, but Tony Nese is a former 205 Live champion. Put on a good show. Um, I love, I love the cave in. I think that's a great move. Um, Cameron Grimes take, took a great buckle bomb. Uh, Cameron Grimes has good character development. Um, as, as kind of the West Texas outlaw type feeling. Um, you know, I, I just, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I, I would not say it, it genuinely felt like a good mid card match. Like it did. It felt like, like, uh, like Mr. Perfect, um, versus, you know, uh, a person who they were squashing. I don't know which one of these two would be Mr. Perfect, but, uh, no, not a bad match at all. I think this is the one that should open the show. I think if they open the show with this, I think you get a little more pop out of it. I think you also have a better, because Cameron Grimes is a, is a legitimate mid-card contender. Um, I would say that you get a little more uh, oomph out of the whole thing. Um, this is the point in the show where I realized, uh, number one, I will, I, I'll, I'll convict this of being a good match. Uh, I will, uh, I will acquit it of being boring. I mean, this was a good match. Um, I don't know what else to say. I, I think Cameron Grimes' character needs a different outfit, and I know that sounds silly to say, but um, there's something, there's something to be said for for hiding the soft. Keith Lee does it a little bit. Um, 
not every we don't want everybody to be this stacked superhero um but we also don't want a pale soft hairy guy <laughs> being the mid-card contender and for that i guess i should go back and say killian day thank you for not going completely shirtless because you've got so much hair on your shoulders i can't imagine what it, i mean <laughs> chewbacca like anyway going on into this match uh Cameron Grimes wins it with a cave in from out of nowhere, really from out of nowhere. Uh, very, very good match. A uh, lot of spots working left and right. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on these first three matches because they weren't great. I will say the development on the next one. Thank God they kept Aaliyah from being anything more than what she is. Uh, I do not care for Aaliyah. I think her character development is okay. Um... I'm a pretty girl, uh, gets old really, really fast. Um, we had Aaliyah versus Zaya Lee, and then Zaya uh, was injured backstage, which I was like, no! Um, and then they told us who was replacing Zaya Lee, and I was jacked, and I was excited. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Io Shirai. How fun is that? Io was back. She, uh, Aaliyah had little to no offense. When she did have offense, Io eventually countered it. Uh, Io did a fantastic double underhook backbreaker that I fell in love with. Um, that's that was really her closing move. Yes, she did the she did Eo's uh, the the genius of the sky um, moonsault. Uh, it, it was unnecessary after that backbreaker. That was solid. It was a beautiful, beautiful set of moves that Eo did. Um, Aaliyah was doing a hip toss at one point that Eo reversed. Um, Aaliyah didn't do a very good job of selling the reversal. Um, and it, it, she just, she missed the reversal. I really think by by her trying to be solid enough that Eo could do, um, could do the reversal or the, the flip through it. She was trying to be solid enough for EO to to have something to go off of. So, I, I mean, I give her credit. Safety before sell. Um, but the sell could have been, would have helped this match immensely. And so, uh, good for her on the safety before sell. Bad for her on you. Uh, you have yet to. Aaliyah really hasn't done anything to impress me through this but at the end of this we find out that there are four people in the ladder match for the women's uh women's number one contender um we've got chelsea green we've got Io shirai we've got me and mia yem and we've got tegan knox um of those four right there i am jacked that eo is back i think eo in a ladder match would be gold I think Mia will be fantastic. Um, there is a second chance one coming up, and I'll tell you who all's in that or who who I expect to see come out of that later. Um, we do we do get a Killer Cross vignette here. Um, I do find it interesting. There's two Killer Cross vignettes here, and in this show, and they both come at what I would consider um, 
main eventer times and so that's really cool uh then we go into the keith lee segment see why i say at main eventer times we uh we do we have keith lee come out um talk about how he got attacked a couple weeks ago um talk about how he gives an apology he says i don't know um i i should no i will apologize to dominic dijakovic uh i didn't know and and Dominic Dijakovic comes back and says, I, I don't give two rips about your apology. I care about that title. Um, you know, and he wants a title shot. And then out comes Damian Priest. This dude is building on me. My Lord, he's fantastic at being a heel. Uh, the one thing I don't like is is he mentioned one, one thing in the things he wants. He says, I don't want that title for the title. I want that title for prestige and growth and, and, and fame and all this stuff. And then he says, and the women and, ah, it's the one thing that doesn't fit there. It's the one thing like, I suppose, yeah, maybe the women, I don't know, but like, you don't have a whole bunch of women following you or anything. Like, it's never been, I guess at one point he did. It was his thing, but right now it's not. And so he's got the nightstick. He ends up uh, popping out the nightstick, trying to get in the ring. Dijak pushes Keith Lee out of the ring or out of the way to get to Damian Priest before Damian Priest attacks in kind of a protect Keith Lee way. Keith Lee then pushes Dijakovic out of the way and attacks Damian Priest. Uh, obviously, Damian Priest loses the nightstick here. Uh, pardon me, it is late while I'm recording this. So, um, Dijakovic, uh, uh, Keith Lee, and Damian Priest are exchanging some very solid blows. Um, look like potatoes but they aren't obviously uh these guys are good like at this moment i realized that nxt may have the strongest top of card in all of professional wrestling um there's just not a bunch of mid mid card um the bottom of this card the bottom of the nxt card is just really developmental um the top of their card is really, really good. And so I even called Smarks and said, Hey man, the top of the card in NXT. And he's like, yeah, man. Like I know that a and AEW is the, the best thing to go against. I, I would actually start doing something world title related at the end and something North American title related at the beginning. It's that good on both of those. And then you can put the, I would, I would sprinkle the other stuff in between. That's how good the top of the card is. The top of the card pushes all the way down to probably about Cameron Grimes. And so if you think of all the people that you would say are better than Cameron Grimes in, in NXT and, and, you know, include some of those two or five guys, um, that Cameron Grimes, Tony Nese match would have been better. Uh, Tony Nese is good. It would have been better if it, if it would have been more 205 E. Um, other than that, no, I mean, if you, if you really think about the top of the card for NXT, it is stacked. I mean, Finn Balor's in there. Um, 
You've got, obviously, Adam Colbebe. You've got all of the Undisputed Era, for that matter. You've got Matt Riddle. You've got um, the Broserweight. Uh, you've got Keith Lee, Dijakovic, Damian Priest. Um, there's just one after another, after another, after another. Just really, really good. Really good stuff. So, uh, they did a great job there. Um, we then go to a Adam, well, we go to a commercial break and then come back for Adam Cole, um, cutting on Velveteen Dream. Um, Dream's great, man. Dream can, you can build a storyline around Dream without Dream on a show for three weeks. Like, that's how good that dude is. Um, don't ruin him by putting him on a different card. This is the place he belongs. Like, this is perfect. Um, he does, uh... Adam Cole cuts a bunch of I was the first ever's. I was the first ever winner of a War Games match, NXT War Games match. I was the first ever um, North American champion. I'm the longest reigning uh, NXT champion, which I really, really hope they build into a uh, uh, Finn Balor Balor setup there. I would love to see those two have a long series. Um, not five year, not Gargano, uh, not Gargano, uh, Ciampa, that level of chemistry takes a very unique friendship that, that, that takes Sean and HBK and we'll get into that later or Sean and trips. Um, and we'll get into that a little later. Um, but I'd love to see those two. Uh, really develop something there. Uh, Adam Cole does issue a challenge to Velveteen Dream for Bobby Fish. Um, on behalf of Bobby Fish, uh, I guess I should apologize to Bobby Fish for that because we know you're getting smoked and Velveteen Dream uh, is getting this push right now. Um, I hope um, that Finn Balor is the one who knocks off uh, Adam Cole just to be the one who ends the, the longest reign beyond his own. Um, but I, I I would not be upset with Velveteen Dream being the guy. So either of those are fine. A um, uh, little bit of an adjustment here, sorry. Uh, we go into a tag match with Oni, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. Um... So Orny Lurkin and Danny Birch are, are, they've been around a while. And so, like, I don't want to disrespect them, especially considering they won this match. I don't want to disrespect them. Um, the, uh, there's an exchange between Lurkin and Shane Thorne that is a, a, uh, where they chase each other. And so one of them does one attack and one does another attack and one does another attack. And so, um, it, it's like a, a splash in the corner. Um, and then as just as the other guy's turning around and then run back to, to go do another splash, but the other guy follows him across the ring. There's three or four of these and it's a really good exchange. I really enjoyed it. Here's my biggest thing. So Brand, Brendan Vink has been on television, uh, for two matches, once on Raw, which I still haven't seen. I know, I'm a bad podcaster. Um, and once on NXT, which I have seen. Dude's smile, like, this is the this is the character for this guy. You just have him, have him smile that he's, that he's beating the crap out of somebody. I mean, he's a big dude. Um, he did an Unagi that 
definitely, definitely rivals um, the best Dunagis in, in the business. Um, he sells well. He takes hits well. Um, I really like this guy. Like, everything you're doing with Killian Dane, stop and put Brendan Van get it. That's how much I like this guy. Just so much, so much better. Um, there, there's a double tap out here where they catch Brendan Vink in the cross face. Um, they keep Shane, Th- Shane Thorne from uh, interfering by putting him into a single leg Boston Crab. Uh, really good look here. Uh, Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink, great job filling in some spots here. This is... You guys have taken an opportunity and and done something really really good here. Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, you guys are great, great um, support characters in this mid card setup. Um, love to see you guys get a a run with the titles. Probably not the right guys to take it off of of uh, of Matt Riddle and uh, the Broser weight. Um, I will say that there was some talk about Matt Riddle and the Broser weight during this uh, from Todd Phillips and Byron Saxton. And I had to hear Byron Saxton say, bro. And it's the thing I most hate about Matt Riddle is the bro. Like, it's, it's designed to make you hate him. And if you like him, go watch 15 episodes of Jersey Shore because you're not getting the point of, of what it's designed to do that actually makes him good at what he does. Instead, you're liking how good he is in the ring. I think the guy's a douche flute outside the ring. I have to give him the props for what he is inside the ring. Uh, he's fantastic, and we actually see that a little bit later. Um, but Saxton, I hate you on commentary. <laughs> like, I... Don't do that, man. Like, we're so close to having, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't know. I just, uh, the only thing that made Saxton enjoyable for me on SmackDown back in the day was Corey Graves making fun of him. Like, and I feel bad because I don't want to be the guy who's like, make fun of that guy because he sucks. That's really where I'm at with Saxton. He's just not entertaining at all. Todd Phillips is, is... Vanilla because he's play by play, um, which a good vanilla play by play guy is fantastic, but um, maybe Saxton can learn play by play. I don't know. He's just not color. That's that's for sure. He's not color. Uh, color commentary because I know somebody out there is making some ridiculous racist joke. That's not how we roll. Please don't do that. Um, he's just not a color commentator that, that is enjoyable. Maybe a backstage interviewer. I don't know that color commentary is not his strength. Um, and it just made me want to vomit, uh, during a very good match where, where I feel like I spent more time venting about Byron Saxton saying bro than I did talking about only Lorcan and Danny Birch winning. Um, it was a really good match. <laughs> like it really was. Um, and I love Brendan Vink. Like this dude, this dude is a, is a push up. Um, I, I feel so strongly about Brendan Vink that I think you can, you can make uh, HPK diesel from circa 1994, 93 ish era, um, out of these two. 
And I think you can have Shane Thorne uh, turn his back on Brendan Vink, and I think you can push him to, uh, you know, a, a, a North American championship, which would be a really good move. Like, that's how good this dude is. I think they could carry uh, the tag titles pretty well. Um, I think Lorcan and Birch could carry the tag titles, but they, they're not the ones to take it off of the, the Broser weights. Um, Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink, with enough, with enough time, could really become those guys, and and they could knock, they could knock off UE, they could knock off the Broserweights. Um, like there's there's something there. They're onto something with that match. Um, I hope they don't ruin it, or with that group. I hope they don't ruin it. Uh, next is Kansas Array versus Caden uh, Caden uh, uh, Carter. Um, it was a tech. I don't know how to say this because I, I hope that Smarks doesn't edit out the dead air because I was about to say it was a technical match, but it was so, um, it was sloppy. A lot of people love Will Ospreay and I know he's not in NXT. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not bowing out of anything here. Um, Will Ospreay does this thing in his matches where there's where it's where it's just a massive spot fest and nothing happens and this happens something similar to this happened in Candice LeRae versus uh, Caden Carter uh, there's there's a little bit of a, of a Osprey-ish spot fest that nobody accomplishes anything that ends with a double um that ends with a double uh, drop kick at the same time. And this is, it's just ugly every single time. They, if Will Ospreay can't pull this off and me enjoy it, I can promise you Candice LeRae and Caden, uh, Caden Carter cannot pull this off and me enjoy it. It is nothing. And I mean nothing against those two. It is against that concept of running that sequence along. Um, so it just gets ugly. Um, it, the, the wind does go to Candice LeRae, uh, locking, locking uh, Caden Carter in the uh, Gargano family escape. <sighs> There's just a lot of sloppy stuff throughout this match. Um, and, and that's kind of Candace's mantra. I think there is so much likable about Candace. She's just, she's so sweet and likable. And, and so we put her in things like, like ladder matches, but, um, she's equally as likable as her husband. She's not equally as talented as her husband. <laughs> Um, I want, I want to love you, Candice. I really do, but I don't love your matches. Like you're such a sweet girl. Um, you're kind of the Brandy Rhodes of NXT and I hate saying it. So moving forward, um, the women's division in NXT definitely has a top card and a bottom card and no mid, mid card. Um, we go on to Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong. Um, 
there's this is a great match. I mean, this again is is the emphasis on how much there is top of card in NXT. Uh, this is a fantastic match. Could headline um, the, the match itself, but these two against each other could headline um, an NXT takeover. Could headline a uh, a gimmick pay per view like uh, Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to make fun of WWE for having that ever had happened. Um, it could headline a lot of stuff. Uh, this was a good match. There was a lot of really good sequences. Um, it, it got extremely technical. There, it, it, uh, there was a couple times where it looked like they were doing the Battle for Power, the Mercy game, the Say Uncle game. Um, that was a little... It was it was an awkward tie up for the two of them, um, but it was an incredibly technical match. Very good stuff. Uh, there was a point where Roderick Strong had Riddle in a version of the camel clutch, and Riddle's hands were behind his ankles. Um, they relatively fluidly moved the the uh, arms over the knees, so that was kind of cool, um, and and set in the camel clutch. Um, Riddle then proceeded to move uh, uh, Roderick Strong's hands off his chin uh, to what looked like bite them, and Roderick Strong did a really good job of selling that. In fact, the commentators did not, um, which I thought was interesting. Uh, we ended up with a, a sequence that includes a bro to sleep, followed directly by a German suplex. I loved that. Um, then Roderick Strong gets a, an Olympic slam and goes into this running, basically bitch slapping of, of Matt Riddle. And I deeply enjoyed that because I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but I'm not a huge Matt Riddle fan. But he just runs back and forth across uh, around the ring ropes um, and slaps him three or four times. And, and then uh, uh, Riddle finally stops him from slapping him. But I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and then Riddle picks up the bro Derek and hits it. And one, two, three. So Matt Riddle gets the win. And that's okay. I mean, right, they, they can continue to tell this Velveteen dream manipulating the Undisputed Era uh, storyline really, really well. Um, they they kind of told it a little bit in this match, even that, that Roderick Strong's not the same guy since Velveteen Dream just kind of twisted into him. I don't know. It, it was good. Um, immediately after this match, I until they have a name, I'm going to call this tag team the future. Um, the the problem with saying that is it's is it's. Uh, it's uh it's the head shrinkers it's uh yeah it's weird um it's a throwback to the 80s with samoan wrestlers and bringing them in as savages and i don't know if these dudes are samoan they look samoan to me um malcolm uh vivian uh vivian uh comes out and introduces them says this is the future of the nxt uh tag team division again they don't have a name so f until then i'm just going to refer to them as the future they beat the hell out of matt riddle um so much so that i was like dude stop and their sequencing was fantastic it was like watching aop be out there um they did a really really good job with a beat down 
And I know that a lot of people are like, well, if it's a beatdown, it's not that hard. No, it is hard because they you have to protect your your person out there. And when you're administering a two-on-one beatdown, you have to make it look like the two-on-one's a distinct advantage. Um, not hurt the guy. And really put on a show. And they did a good job. I don't know who these guys are. I probably should watch more indie stuff. Um, the the commentary didn't know who they were. That might be a mild shot fired at Excalibur. Um, because commentary actually, you know, pretended to not know who they were. Which was a good move. Um, just as a whole. Good stuff. Um... I'm going to get to one thing that, that I didn't care for in the advertisements because we went into an advertisement for SmackDown, which is fine. You can't tell people that Firefly Funhouse is returning. It's not a lean on it. Hey, we're going to have Firefly. You can't. The It's supposed to be an interrupting segment. So telling people that it's coming back doesn't do anything for it. It's supposed to interrupt stuff. It's he's supposed to cause chaos, not organization. An advertisement two days beforehand does not work for Firefly Funhouse. Don't advertise Firefly Funhouse. I'm doing the the uh, review of SmackDown this week. I will probably be annoyed by that on SmackDown as soon as it happens. I'll be oh well, I knew this was coming. I mean, the bright side is I know that I get to do a Firefly Funhouse when I do the SmackDown review this week. I also know that I don't really want to know when that's coming. I want it to be a surprise, damn it. And so that pisses me off. Um, they also announced the se- the second chance ladder match. Um, it does look like Mia, like Xia uh, Li is going to get a shot at that. Um, right now, as I mentioned earlier, we have four uh, in it plus Candice LeRae. So just to give you an idea, we've got Chelsea Green, Io Shirai, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, uh, Candice LeRae. There are some stories that have been told um, prior to this that are going to be really, really good, good play here. So I'm excited about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, they also announced uh, a triple threat match for next week. So next week is the week to watch. We're going to get that ladder match. We're going to get that triple threat match for the North American title. Um, I do look to maybe see Keith Lee push into a different feud here. Um, and maybe Dijak and, and Damian Priest go into a feud, uh, Perhaps for the North American title, perhaps not for the North American title. But I do look to see Keith Lee maybe go into that. Um, uh, this might also be a good spot to bring in Finn Balor. Finn Balor cost Keith Lee the title. Um, and then Keith Lee and Finn Balor would be a really, really good series. Um, could build to Finn Balor going after uh, Adam Cole, baby. Um Finally, we get to Triple H pulling out uh, Champa and Gargano. Uh Triple H does some talking, um, does not invite Champa out. Champa interrupts him. I was a little pissed off that Trips didn't say, you don't ever interrupt me. Um, this was a guys who sound like frog interview. Um, cause all three of them do when they're not deeply involved in it. They're taking lessons from HBK. Maybe, I don't know, 
<laughs> that's the only thing I can say bad about this interview. Um, I will say one other thing, I guess. So, uh, Champa comes out and says, get that boy out here, um, about Gargano. Uh, Gargano comes out and says, I'm not getting in that ring. You, you put me through a table three weeks ago and Tripp says you punched a ref and just all this stuff. They're going to do a closed arena match. Um, like we can do anything else with coronavirus. Um, but they're going to find a building. They get a referee and those two in a ring. And that's it. Um, I would love to see this be all different hard cams. Like put the ring up, set up four or five hard cams, and that's it. Like you don't even want, I don't even want to see camera crew in this, in this building. Um, two are going to go in. One's going to walk out type thing. Uh, the ref's only there to say when it's over is what Tripp said. So they are going to annihilate each other, and it's going to be beautiful. Um, there was a lot of uh, back and forth. There was, this place isn't big enough for both of us. And it's Tripp said, it's going to be over after that night. Because if it's not over, you're right, it's not going to be big enough for the both of you. It's not going to be big enough for either of you. We're gonna get, you're going to be gone. So he, he said he, he did mention how him and Sean have had those battles in the past um, and it ru- nearly ruined their friendship. Um, this, as I said, is the longest running, uh, longest running story, existing storyline that I know of in pro wrestling. Um, there might be one in Japan, but in North America, there is not a longer running storyline than these two. And it's unbelievably good they need to keep this thing going um and i think they found a way to do it because at the very end of this we get our second killer cross promo and i'm 99 percent sure somehow killer cross is going to get involved in their match in this closed arena and maybe neither of them will walk out of that building and then we're going to have a reunited diy so um if that's the case, it's fine. That's how stacked this mid this uh, main card division um, is in NXT. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring a dude like Killer Cross in immediately, put him into the main card, have him get involved in the probably the the best feud in WWE, uh, maybe the best feud in North American pro wrestling, maybe the best feud in the world wrestling. Um. And just keep building, keep building, keep building. So I'm pumped to find out what happens in that match. That match is in two weeks. So all of the NXT stuff is going to be done um, over the... So everything they were planning on during NXT TakeOver... Pardon me. Is going to be planned... Going to be done over a a couple weeks here. Um... And it'll be really exciting to watch. Trips kept kind of hinting towards wanting to do it at WrestleMania. Um, they're not going to do it at WrestleMania. They're going to do it in two weeks. So still, right now, the only card for WrestleMania that's from NXT is Charlotte and Rhea. Uh, I think that has mostly to do with the fact that Vince doesn't want his girl Charlotte on an NXT television show um, when she gets her title. I think. I think... He wants her on uh, 
on WrestleMania, um, or if he's if he's fallen for Rhea Ripley like like all the rest of us has, um, he doesn't want his girl Charlotte taking that loss on such a what he would consider a small stage. So as a whole, very 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 good uh, NXT after you get past the first. Well, if you're watching it with commercials, probably. 50 minutes if you're watching it without commercials um probably about 30 minutes like uh it was a while till till the Cameron Grimes match picked up enough to to start enjoying it so um and then as soon as EO hit I, I mean I was out I was I was up for it so um yeah good overall match uh they it they could have really put that EO match at the very beginning, and it would have made the whole show a lot better. Uh, two major changes that keep this from being, you know, uh, uh, seven convictions or above. Um, number one, open stronger, and number two, uh, better commentary. Um, I think if you open different, I think if you just change the order of the matches to where EO or Cameron Grimes is at the very beginning, I think you can do the Mia Yim, especially considering she got attacked in the back. Like, you can do that. You can open with Mia Yim crying and um, Aaliyah out in the ring already. You can have Aaliyah go out to the ring and open with Mia Yim crying at that point. Um, either of those is good. Uh, does look like uh, not Mia Yim, sorry, Zaylee, Zaylee. Um, it does look like Zaylee is going to be in the ladder match so, uh, next week, so that's a plus. Um, I don't know if they're starting a feud between her and Aaliyah. Um, I don't know. I, I can tell you Zaylee is strong enough to carry a lot of people, um, and I know that Io Shirai is strong enough to carry a lot of people. Um, So like EO and Mia Yim, and there's been several the, uh, several of these women. Tegan Knox are strong enough to carry Aaliyah in a feud. I don't know if Zaya Lee is strong enough to carry Aaliyah in a feud. Uh, Aaliyah had, cannot carry herself in any feud right now, and so that makes me a little nervous. But anyway, um, as a whole, I'm going to give this six convictions of being good. Um, which obviously means four acquittals of being, um, okay. <laughs> like, um, it's, it, 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 the vignette show was maybe better. That's not great to hear for this. Um, if AEW started strong, which I still haven't seen, if AEW started strong, um, they will win this war. If that's the sequence every week. So, um, it ended incredibly strong and I think we're all excited for killer cross. So, um, that's my ratings. Uh, I'm going to give it six out of 10. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening and, uh, make sure again, listen to, uh, WBU listen, which comes on Monday, shows up on Mondays, recorded on Sundays, unless there's extenuating circumstances. Um, last night we recorded, uh, an FBI. We've got a Monday recap, which is done by Justin LeBlanc, one of our, uh, regularly recurring guests. Um, Smarks did, it does a show with us. 
um, the AEW snap judgment on Wednesdays. Um, I, I usually record the snap judgment for NXT on Thursday. Um, and then Fridays we take turns. And so I'll be doing the SmackDown snap judgment. Hopefully I can convict it of being better than I'm, I fear I will. So, um, thanks for listening. Ron order WBU. Ron Order FBI, Ron Order Snap Judgments. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. I'm DA Vincent K. Fabe. Smarks is DA Mark Smarks or Officer Mark Smarks. I don't really know. I don't go to Twitter that much. Here's the deal just come see us at the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network and see all the different places that Smarks has set us up to be at. That's what I'm going to tell you to do. Just uh, I'll give Smarks his props where they're due. Um, again, my reviews are better because I say they're better, but dude is the best producer in the game. Like really is the best producer in the game. So, um, follow the stuff that he tells you to follow and that'll be, that'll get it, get you to us. Cause I just listen on anchor.fm, which is our, our, uh, which is our support system. So, um, and Spotify. So you're going to have to listen to what he tells you to go see. Because he's way better at being a producer than I am. But I'm better at doing the, the reviews. And so, this is DA Fabe. Out. Snap judgments on NXT. Um, thanks. Have a good one. Bye.